today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. I can't figure out how God can restore you twice-fold, seven-fold. I can't figure out how God can turn your captivity. I don't have a clue as to how He's going to go about doing it. But it's not my job to try to figure out how God's going to do it. My job is to believe that He can, and my job is to believe that He will. Praise God. Once again, thank you for joining me today. We are enjoying a powerful lesson over the last few weeks. We're going to continue it today, begin a brand new lesson next week. This is called From Devastation to Restoration. We have discovered from God's Word in Deuteronomy chapter 30 that God promises that when His people return to Him, that He will turn their captivity. Not only that, but He will restore whatever was taken from them. If you're experiencing some devastating situation in your life right now, let me say it again. This is not the time to run from God, run to God. Don't ever allow the devil into deceiving you to think that God doesn't care. God's not interested in your, your turnaround. God sent this to prove something to you or to teach you something or to show you how much he loves you. That's not true. He is not behind the attack. He is behind the victory, praise God. Amen. So I want you to settle it in your mind, in your heart, and begin to say it out of your mouth that God is turning my captivity and God is restoring my life. We found from Job uh, chapter 1 where Satan came against Job and tried to destroy everything that God had blessed him with. He even tried to get uh, God to do it, but God wouldn't do it. And Job went through a lot. I mean, for the next almost 12 months, he went through more adversity than anybody you have ever read about, certainly more than you and myself would ever go through. But he didn't turn his back on God. Now, he had a lot of negative friends that were telling him that's what he should do. He had a negative wife that was telling him that's what he should do, but he wouldn't do it. In fact, God told him, I'm going to deal with your friends, and if they don't straighten up, uh, then something might happen, you know? But anyway, he's telling them, don't listen to your friends. He said, I will deal with them according to their folly, as the exact words. And so don't listen to your friends. Don't listen to anybody else that tells you that I'm the problem and that I can't do this and I can't turn it around. That's not true. And then it says that Job began to pray for his friends. Now, what does that indicate? He got back in faith. You see, all this time, He'd been in fear, and fear is what opened the door to the devil in the first place. He was afraid he was going to lose everything God blessed him with. And he got in fear, and it opened the door to all of the attacks and the adversity. Fear attracts the devil just like faith attracts God. But then in Job 42, verse 10, it says, And when Job prayed for his friends, and that's a good point. I think I'll stop and camp out right there. When Job prayed for his friends, God turned his captivity. You know, in... Uh, James, it tells us that pray ye one for another that ye might be healed. I call that the law of reciprocation. When you pray for others who need healing, and at the same time you need healing, what you pray on them will come back on you. Amen. That's the law of reciprocation. If you know somebody that's devastated, 
and you're devastated, then pray for them. And what you pray on them will come back on you. You see, you can't, you can't pray. I'm talking about real Bible kind of prayer and not be in faith when you do it. If you're talking about the Bible kind of prayer, then we're talking about praying in faith. And that's what Job did. God got him to pray for his friends. He got back in faith. And when he did, God turned his captivity. Maybe that's something you ought to consider doing right now. If you're going through a lot of hardships, you're going through a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, then maybe what you ought to do is begin to pray for someone else that you know is going through a similar situation. And pray in faith. Believe God that he's going to turn their captivity and he's going to restore their life. And it's quite possible while you're praying for them, the same thing will come back on you. But nevertheless, notice here that in Job 42.10, when he began to pray for his friends, God turned his captivity. Not only that, but he blessed him with twice what had been taken from him. So that means that when God restores he can bring back into your life a minimum of twice what was stolen from you. Now, I want to get to Proverbs 6 today because here we find that God is capable of restoring even as much as sevenfold. Man, that's exciting. In verse 30, it says, Men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. Notice here it says, if a thief is caught, mm -hmm. then he is required to pay back sevenfold. Well, we know Jesus referred to Satan as a thief. He's the thief. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And once you acknowledge and recognize that it is Satan who has been stealing from you, then you have a right to believe God for a sevenfold restoration. Yes. Amen. I'll never forget the first time God showed that to me. I mean, you know, I, I knew about Job and I knew about the twicefold restoration he experienced, but I didn't know about this verse. And, and uh, it happened in a situation that many of you have heard me tell about over the years, but uh, this is how God got it across to me. My wife and I had bought uh, a home over on the north side of Fort Worth back in 1978. And this home at one time had belonged to Senator John Conley. He built it in 1957. And uh, at the time, it had a lot of acreage with it. It was a beautiful house. It had a swimming pool. It had fountains. It had, uh, I mean, trees everywhere. It, it was a gorgeous place. Over the years, uh, after he had sold it and other people had bought it, over the years, it began to deteriorate and, and uh, uh, the house needed restoration. It needed a major restoration. But my wife fell in love with that house when we saw it. Some friends of ours had bought it and they were getting ready to move and they wanted to sell it. And they asked us to come look at it. And my wife uh, grew up in a, in a family that were builders. Her dad was a builder, a home builder. And so she's known how to do all that stuff all her life. And so when she saw it, she said, Jerry, get me this house. I want to restore it. And uh, so uh, we managed to buy that house and started the restoration. Now, everything she wanted to do to it was going to cost a lot of money. A lot of money. Can you say a lot of money? <laughs> My wife knows how to restore 
and she believed I knew how to believe the money and to do it, you know. And this is our personal project. This is not the ministry. This is us personally. Now, we did sell uh, a house that we had built two years before. And uh, uh, I, I really had not intended to move from that house. I like that house. It's out on the lake and, and I loved it. And it was a custom built home that we had built in 1976. And I, I really had no plans in selling it. But one morning on a Saturday morning, somebody knocked on my door and said, uh, uh, I'm being relocated uh, to the Fort Worth area. My wife and I have been looking for homes that we can move into and we love your home. Is it for sale? I said, no, sir, it's not for sale. I said, I, I built it a couple of years ago and I'm very happy here and I have no plans to sell it. He said, well, let me make you an offer. He offered me exactly twice what I had in that home. And I said to him, you know, I got up this morning thinking this house was for sale. <laughs> he offered me twice what I had in it. So I said, yes, sir, uh, consider it sold. So we did have some money to work with in buying this other house and to start the restoration, but I didn't have all I needed. And so I'm believing God. I'm sowing seed and believing God for finances to restore this house. Well, we get the house itself restored. It had a guest cottage that still needed work. It had garages that still needed work. Uh, the swimming pool needed work. The fountains needed work. Uh, so there's still a lot to do, but we got the house completed. But then we noticed that our trees were dying, all these beautiful trees. And you don't understand. When you live in Fort Worth, Texas, you have to believe God for trees. You know, it's not like living in East Texas where there's abundance of trees. I mean, trees are scarce. And so this place had beautiful trees, but they were dying. Something was killing these trees. And so I called a, 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 a tree surgeon, I guess you'd call him, out to investigate and tell us what was wrong with our trees. So he told me what was wrong. I said, can you give me an estimate on what it'll cost to restore them? So he told me what it would cost. So I said, okay, uh, I appreciate that, but my policy is I usually get a couple of estimates and whichever one I feel the best about, then that's the one that'll get the job. He said, I understand. I said, so all I'm asking you for is an estimate. I'm not signing any contract right now. I understand. And so Carol and I had to go to a meeting where we were gonna be gone about three days and so when we got back, all this equipment was out in, our, in the street in front of our house. Men are up in our trees cutting limbs. I mean, it's major work going on here. I get out of the car and I walk up to the man. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm treating your trees. I said, I didn't give you the right to do that. He said, yes, you did before you left town. You told me I had the job. I said, no, sir, I did not say that. I told you this is an estimate. I didn't sign any contract. He said, yes, you did. You told me verbally I had the job. I said, sir, why would you lie about something like that? I would not do that verbally. I would have a contract and we'd have our signatures on it. He said, well, you told me I had the job and that's what I'm doing. I said, well, I don't know why you're making this up, but uh, I didn't agree to this and I'm not paying this. So get you guys out of the trees and get your equipment and get out of here. He said, I know who you are. You're a preacher and I know who you are and I'll sue you. Well, right at that moment, I wanted to forget I'm a preacher and slug him. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's lying in the first place and now he's, you know, attacking my reputation and uh, I felt like getting in the flesh, but I know better than that. I, 
I resisted, but I felt like it. And I said, sir, get your, get your equipment out of here. Get your men out of the trees. Get your equipment out of here. Well, you're going to pay me this money first. I said, I'm not paying you anything. I don't owe you anything. Just get out of here and do it now. Well, I'll call the sheriff. I said, well, call him. And you stand right here and we'll see if we can produce a contract that I signed. Well, I'm going to sue you. I said, well, do whatever you got to do, but you're not doing this right. And you claim to be a Christian yourself. I said, so just get out of here and go now. Well, you're going to pay me at least $3,000. I said, I'm not paying you anything. Go. And so <laughs> he left. Well, you know, I, I go to my office that day and I'm sitting around there thinking about this incident. And the more I thought about it, the matter I got. Don't look so holy. You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> that this guy would do this to me. And then I get a call where a sheriff is going to come out and talk to me. And so, you know, all this is going on and it's not necessary. I mean, this shouldn't have happened at all. And so I said, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, pay him the $3,000. I said, God, I don't owe the man $3,000. He said, pay him the $3,000 and then pray for him as you hand him the check. I said, why would I want to do all that? He said, number one, he's under pressure. He's under financial pressure and he thought he could help relieve some of it through you. I said, but I didn't sign a contract. He said, I know it, but he's a brother in the Lord and he's just under pressure. So give him the $3,000. I said, Lord, that's all I have left is 3,000. He said, aren't you glad it wasn't four? <laughs> give him the 3,000. And then he said, and pray over him when you hand him the check. I said, all right, I'm doing it in obedience. Uh, not that I really want to, but I'm doing it in obedience to you. And then he said, now open your Bible to Proverbs 6. And so I did, and he led me to this scripture. He said, if you'll do this in faith and not complain about it and do it with joy and help this brother, then I will see to it that you will be restored sevenfold. I thought, consider it done. Sevenfold. Seven times three is $21,000. I thought, that, that's the deal I've been looking for, praise God. That's the, that's the deal Carolyn's been looking for, you know, so we can continue this restoration. So I called the man. I said, would you come to my office? And he came to my office, and he thought I was probably going to have lawyers there or something. And I said, I want to apologize to you, first of all. He, he looked puzzled, and I said, uh, I didn't conduct myself in a manner that I know how, so I'm asking you to forgive me. He said, well, I forgive you. And I said, and I'm forgiving you, too. I said, the Lord told me you're under pressure financially and you thought I'd be your easy touch and I forgive you for that. And he just dropped his head and, you know, tears came to his eyes and I said, here's your $3,000 and I'm going to pray over you. And I prayed over his business and prayed over his family and so forth and, and he left and there was no lawsuits and anything like that. And I even told him, I said, now if I decide that, I, that I'm going to continue with this job, I may even call you to come and finish it. Not promising, but I just want you to know I forgive you. So we got all that settled, okay? So I'm uh, just going about my business and about, um, oh, it was less than two weeks. I get a call from Brother Copeland. And Brother Copeland said, uh, Jerry, there's a man that called me. He's from Denver. He's, he, he, he just flew in from Denver. He has an automobile dealership in Denver. He also has one in Tulsa. And uh, he just landed here at Fort Worth, wanted to know if, if he could talk to you, said he had something that belonged to you. I said, well, sure. He said, can I give him your number? I said, sure. 
And so I called the man, or he called me. He said, can you meet me out at Meacham Airport? I have something that belongs to you. I said, sure. So I said, what FBO are you at? He told me. I said, what's the end number on your airplane? He told me. So I drove out to Meacham Field. I looked for that airplane, saw it, and I saw a man setting up in it. And so I walked up there. I, I had met the man once before. Didn't know him well. Had met him once before. And he said, uh, uh, I was in uh, Las Vegas, and I have something that the Lord told me belongs to you. I said, uh, okay. He hands me a brown paper bag and says, here, this is yours. I said, what is it? He said, look inside. I open it, and it's full of cash. I closed it real quick and gave it back to him. It looked like a drug deal going down here, you know, and, and we were on the airport. I mean, I've never done drugs, but Jesse told me that's how you do it, you know. <laughs> and uh, I said, take that. What are you doing? He said, no, it's yours. I said, what do you mean it's mine? He said, uh, don't ask how I got it, but let me just tell you this. It came from the enemy's camp. And he just came from Las Vegas. <laughs> I think I just put two and two together. He said, I don't want a receipt for it. It belongs to you. And don't ask where I got it. And he handed it to me. He said, now I got to go. He closed the door on his airplane. Now I'm walking off uh, back up to the FBO and I got this paper bag. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, dear God, I hope I don't get stopped by anybody. I hope I don't <laughs> drop this bag and all this money goes all over the place. I don't have a clue how much is in there, but I know it's a lot. And so I get to my car, I, I put the bag in the seat, I go home and I'll get out and I walk up to Carolyn. I said, uh, told her the story. She said, well, how much is in there? I said, I don't have a clue. So I turned it over on the table, dumped it all out, counted it, exactly $21,000. You say, I don't believe that. Well, you wouldn't believe the next story I told you either. It's bigger than that one, you know. $21,000. And it came from the enemy's camp. God made Satan cough up $21,000 for what he stole from me. Amen. Amen. Now, you don't think that energized my faith? Well, I've been making him pay back sevenfold ever since. And it's, God has honored it. And I'm telling you, if you won't just lay down, roll over, play dead and let the devil steal from you and get away with it, then you're entitled to a minimum two-fold restoration and the potential of a seven-fold restoration. You just, you just go against the devil with the Word of God and hold him to it. Don't let him squirm away. Don't let him back away. You hold him to it and you keep saying, Satan, you owe me sevenfold in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Folks, I'm telling you, people have heard me teach on this for years and years and years and have done it and have gotten the same results as I have. One of my favorite is a guy that had his little MG sports car stolen at a meeting that I was doing in Pasadena, California. And somebody stole his little car that he had bought to restore. And when he got out of the service, he, he saw that his car was stolen and he made up his mind, number one, he was not going to let the devil steal his joy over it. And number two, he's going to make the devil pay back sevenfold. And you know, over a matter of time, uh, the guy who stole his car called him and said, I'm the man who stole your car. I found your number in the car. I can't tell you who I am for obvious reasons, but I just want you to know, I listened to the tapes that you had in the tape deck of that car by that guy, Jerry Savelle, and I got under conviction, and I want to give you your car back, 
And as he said, the keys are in the, under the mat. Here's where it's located. And by the way, you probably won't recognize it because I totally restored it. <laughs> Amen. He totally restored the guy's car, praise God. Sevenfold restoration. And you say, well, I just don't know how God could do that. Well, that's why he's God. You see, you don't get to be called God if you can't do things like this. That's why he's God. And that's why you don't want to lean to your own understanding. I can't figure out how God can restore you twice fold, seven fold. I can't figure out how God can turn your captivity. I don't have a clue as to how he's going to go about doing it. But it's not my job to try to figure out how God's going to do it. My job is to believe that he can and my job is to believe that he will. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Are you going through some devastating situations in your life today? Well, let me encourage you, as we've been talking over the last four weeks, get fed up with it. Don't just sit there and let it continue to happen. Get restless in your spirit and determine that you don't have to live this way anymore, and you're going to rise up and take your God-given authority and the Word of God, and you're going to resist the devil with everything that's in you. Take authority over your mind, over your thoughts. Don't let those negative thoughts remain there. Begin to line up your speech with God's Word. This is giving God something to work with. And when God has something to work with, He will do what He promised in His Word. And what did He promise? I will turn your captivity. I will restore your fortunes. That's what God wants to do for you right now. Let me pray for you as we begin to... Uh, wind up on the program here. We're going to go to an announcement in just a moment, but let me pray for you right now. In fact, all of you in the audience, would you just lift your hands and, and begin to pray? If you're going through a devastating situation, I don't want you to pray for yourself right now. Let's act on that law of reciprocation. You pray for the viewing audience as I pray for them. Father, I lift up all of the viewing audience all over the world that are going through devastating situations right now in their life. And I pray in the name of Jesus, that these broadcasts have strengthened them and encouraged them. I pray that they will rise up and they will take their God-given authority and they will come against their adversary, the devil, and let him know that quit is not an option in their life. Lord, I'm asking you that as they fellowship with you around your word, that revelation knowledge will come into them. A rhema from God will come to them. And as they act upon it, as they appropriate it, that it will be exactly what they need for you to turn their captivity and restore everything Satan has stolen from them. I pray right now that not one of them will give up. Not one of them will turn back. They will rise up in faith and become the victor that God intends for them to be. If you agree with that, shout amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise God. Listen, I want to encourage you to get the resources. We're about to make an announcement here about these resources. They are important. They are valuable. And I'm telling you, they will help you position yourself for that turnaround that you're believing God for right now. So watch this announcement. I'll be back in just a moment. 
you can go from devastation to restoration. Has your life had setbacks? Has Satan attacked your marriage, your family, your health, or your finances? In the book, From Devastation to Restoration, Jerry Savelle teaches that regardless of the pressure you may feel, now is not the time to give up. It's the time to get fed up. March into the enemy's camp and take back what's yours. You can get a revelation of God's great plans for your life. He wants your life to be better, improved, increased, and multiplied. In the three CD teaching series, How to Get Back Everything Satan Has Stolen From You, you can learn the scriptural keys to recover what the thief has stolen. God is ready for you to storm into the devil's camp and reclaim what is rightfully yours. Don't wait. Request the restoration package, including From Devastation to Restoration and How to Get Back Everything Satan Has Stolen From You Today. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org. Don't get discouraged. You are a candidate for God's restoration. Just like I said before we went through the announcement, don't let the devil off the hook. Make him pay you back sevenfold. The Bible promises that. You're entitled to it, so why not take advantage of it? Satan owes you seven times what he's stolen from you, so don't let him off the hook. Keep the word on him. Keep the pressure on him. He's put enough pressure on you. Why don't you put the pressure on him now by keeping the word against him and on him until he pays back what God says he owes you. The resources we've made available to you are so important in experiencing restoration and turning your captivity. In this series, three CDs, How to Get Back Everything Satan Has Stolen From You, even though I didn't have time to go into detail, all the steps that you take to make that happen, they're all on these CDs. These CDs are anywhere between 45 minutes and an hour in length. And it goes into a lot of detail, a lot of scripture, and the steps that I've taken over the years in how to get back everything Satan has stolen from you. And then the book, From Devastation to Restoration. I've had so many people tell me that this book was a lifesaver for them, that it turned things around in their life once they began to find out that God wanted to turn their captivity and he wanted to restore their fortunes. You can have this special package. This is the last week that we'll be offering it as a special package. And so you can have it by logging onto our website or you can uh, phone the number that's on the screen or write to the address. Order it and we'll get it to you right away so that you can begin to apply these principles in your life. I want to also thank all of our partners for your support of this ministry. You are such a blessing to us, and we just couldn't do all that we do without your support. So thank you once again for believing in us. Thank you for your monthly commitment. Thank you for honoring that commitment. And I'd like to invite any of you other viewers that would say this broadcast, this ministry has been a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to prayerfully consider becoming a partner with us. If you'd like information regarding that, you can write to our office or just go on the website and it'll tell you how that you can become a partner. Don't forget to subscribe to our magazine, Adventures in Faith. It comes out quarterly and it's a powerful tool that can encourage you in the Word, articles by myself, my wife, and others as well. It gives you a, a current schedule, itinerary of where I'm going to be, and I'd love to have you come in our meetings. Even if you don't get the magazine, go on the website and, and find out where we're going to be. I'm sure at some point I'll be in your area. So come and join us in the meetings and experience a live meeting and the anointing of God that flows in those meetings. I'm telling you, you won't 
be disappointed. And then also, before we leave the air, let me hear from you if you have prayer requests. Our team loves to pray. We love to believe God with those that are in need. And so if you have prayer requests, contact our office and we will believe God with you for the breakthrough that you need in your life. We believe around here that prayer still works. We believe in the prayer of agreement. We believe in the prayer of faith. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, we know how to pray. We know how to get results. And we would count it a great joy and a great honor to join our faith with yours. It's been a joy ministering to you today. I'll see you again next week. Until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world.